Welcome to Beyond the Crucible. I'm Warwick Fairfax, the founder of Beyond the Crucible. Movies can also just inspire within us the seeds of a vision, of a change that we think the world needs, or something that doesn't exist, but wouldn't it be wonderful if it was created? So think of movies that can be a bit of a kickstarter for our uh, vision engine because it transports us to a different world, a world of what could be, uh, a, a world of what needs to be. A world of what could be or needs to be, that's the stuff of vision. And looking to films that resonate with you to find the seeds of your own unique vision is one of the hacks we offer in this week's episode of our special summer series, Crucible Hacks. Hi, I'm Gary Schneeberger, co-host of the show. In this seventh episode of the series, all about the development of vision, our second hack takes you through several questions to help you in crafting a vision you can live out with gusto. And remember, as you try your hand at these hacks, as Warwick says during our chat, what moves us is often what motivates us. Listener, again, just as a reminder, I feel like a broken record here, but I want to make sure we set every new episode up in its proper way, and that's this. Um, we are walking you through a series of crucible hacks, actions you can take to, that make tasks simpler tasks. We're spotlighting the best practices you can do at each step of your journey from tragedy to triumph, because moving beyond a crucible is not easy. It's not usually quick. And it's not something you can accomplish by taking shortcuts. The hacks we will be talking about aren't quick fixes. I'll say it again. that The hacks we're talking about today that we've been talking about through the, this whole series, they're not quick fixes. What they are are ideas and inspiration to help you move from this happened to me to this happened for me. And how are we doing it? We're taking 10 weeks going step-by-step step through what we've called the Beyond the Crucible refining process. Our goal is to give you a helping hand through insights and the exercises we haven't shared on the podcast before that give you helpful guidance on how to tackle and move through each step. And this week's discussion is a key point on the journey toward a life of significance. Everything we've talked about thus far in the series, how your crucible refines you, how your beliefs and values are the essence of who you are. Your passions are so critical. Your talents and how you combine all of them to form an identity that is authentically you. All of those items put together lead us to this stage. And this stage is vision. Now we're going to take a break from how we've been defining words that mark the steps along your journey from setback to significance. There's no Noah Webster's first dictionary from 1828 in this episode, folks. Sorry. Uh, I say that because instead, we're going to quote a more contemporary thought leader who defined vision in these terms, a present picture of a future reality. Warwick, do you know who, who coined that uh, definition? <laughs> I know I use that phrase a lot. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm necessarily the originator of it precisely, but um, uh, that's certainly the best definition I like. 
Well, you may be surprised to know that before we, we hit record, I did a Google search and I typed in the, the phrase, a present picture of a future reality in quotation marks. And the only Google result I got was from your book, Crucible Leadership. <laughs> so Maybe you might not me. even... Who knows? Right, you may not you may not remember coining it, but it appears that the Google machine indicates that you have indeed hey, coined it. If, if, if Google says it was me, who am I to argue with Google, right? <laughs> and I want to ask you one more question about that. Why is that the way you defined vision in your book? Of all the of all the definitions you could have used, and all the ways you could have explained what vision was to readers of your book, why? And you've said it on the podcast too. Why is that? a definition that resonates so much with you. Yeah, I mean, when you think about vision, the ideal vision is something that you can feel, taste, touch, smell. It feels so real, it could it could almost have happened. I mean, that's the kind of vision. Sometimes I'll say to folks about vision, uh, this is not an hour approved hacks, but it's something that... Um, it's a I bonus hack. <laughs> exactly. Pre, pre-hack, if you will, but uh, is, you know, right on like one page, a couple of paragraphs, something you wished existed in, let's say a vision for five, 10 years time. And you write like a vision statement and you write sort of where you are, uh, what you're dreaming about, what you're thinking, what it looks like. You want it to be so real. As I said, you want to feel like you can smell it, taste it, touch it. Uh, that's sort of the ideal vision. It just seems so real to you. And that's why I like that phrase, the present picture of a future reality. You have this thought, this is going to happen. It's a thought in my mind's eye of what will happen in the future. That's a great vision. And here's how we know that vision is so important to you, because in your book, Crucible Leadership, Embrace Your Trials to Lead a Life of Significance, you have two full chapters devoted to the, the topic of vision. One is on crafting and creating one, and one is on living in light of one. I wanted to ask you, for the benefit of, of folks who are listening, wh- why did you consider vision being so helpful in recovering from your crucible and so important to setting you on a course to a life of significance? I mean, two chapters in that book, which was the start of Beyond the Crucible, um, that's a lot of real estate. Why did you devote so much of that real estate to this idea of vision? Yeah, it's a good question, Gary. You know, once you've learned the lessons from your crucible, you know, what happened, um, begin to say, you know, shift from it happened to me to happen for me, which is what we talk about all the time on Beyond the Crucible. You've done the soul work, you've dug uh, deep into your beliefs and values, you understand your passions, your talents, your gifting. A key way of getting out of the pit of your crucible is to formulate a vision that enables you to think about the future. Because if you continue to dwell on the past, I was so stupid, I was so dumb, I can't believe I I did that, or I can't believe what happened to me, that was just so awful, so reprehensible, that creates, rather than a virtuous circle, almost like a circle of doom or a circle of pain in which you're continuing to dwell on the past and wrapped in uh, you know, lack of forgiveness and anger, you're not getting out of the crucible if, if you're in this almost grim doom loop of self-flagellation uh, or anger towards others, right. lack of forgiveness to yourself, lack of forgiveness to others. I mean, you're basically sealing the pit with a you know metal plate 
a pit that you will never escape from to your dying day. As you begin to craft that vision and begin to live it out, it produces what we call drops of grace and drops of healing. You begin to think more about the future. You begin to think about the people you can help. So it's it takes your focus off the rearview mirror, and it you know makes you look out of the front uh, windshield of your car, so to speak, about the vista of mountains and lakes in the road ahead. You know whatever your vision is, you don't want to be fixated in the rearview mirror. You want to be looking out the front uh, windscreen of your car and moving forward. Yeah, and it's, I mean, in some ways, right, it's a, it's a catapult, right? Your vision is a catapult from the crucible that you've been through, what you've learned about yourself in the wake of that crucible. As you've just described it, it's a bit of a catapult that then launches you forward toward the other steps then that you take with the ultimate goal being a life of significance. And I love, I love when we have these conversations and a phrase I've never heard you say before pops up. I've never heard you say doom loop before, but it's so descriptive of where we can be when we're stuck in the pit and we don't know and, and we're just have those negative emotions roiling around. And it is, it's a doom loop. It's this, I'm never going to get out of this. So great phrase again, uh, just not something that you probably thought of before we started uh, recording. You just popped out of your mouth. That's what we call at Beyond the Crucible, folks, a Warwickism. It just pops out of his mouth like that. Um, all right. Now on to the hacks. Uh, hack number one that we have for you this week, folks, is and action. Now, when you hear that, it's usually done right in movies, uh, and and this is tied uh, to movies and 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 other forms of entertainment. But here's the hack: the and action hack is this. Uh, in Warwick's book, he talks at some length about the 1968 movie 2001: A Space Odyssey and how it painted a vision of a future that in many ways has come to pass in modern times. There's AI, not good AI in that movie, but there was AI in that movie, which is all the rage in the, head, in the news headlines these days. In-flight entertainment screens on airplanes, right? We all know those exist today. Didn't exist in 1968. And computers that talk to us like Siri talks to us. Um, those were things that were foreshadowed that were envisioned in that movie, 2001, A Space Odyssey. And at the end of the chapter on crafting a vision, Warwick presented this exercise to readers. I'm going to read it verbatim from its uh, from the book because it's an excellent hack. Even though I don't think, Warwick, that when you were writing the manuscript, uh, which took you a few years to do, that the hacks in this sense was even a thing in the culture then. But, but it, this this thing, you were ahead of your time, what you you leave with readers in the book is an excellent hack for, for getting at the root of your vision. So here's what it is. This is what Warwick writes in the book. What book or films have you read or seen that have sparked vision in you? Take that question, folks. Grab your Crucible Hacks notebook and start writing down every title you come up with. Again, as we've said every step along this journey, don't rush it. Don't overthink it. Get them all out of your mind and onto the paper first, then go back and fill in the whys. Why did it come to mind? The why is as important as the what. When you do, you will likely find seeds of your own vision because what moves us is very often what motivates us. Warwick, 
you wrote this in the book. We're talking about it now. Why is this exercise so helpful to articulating our vision? You know, this exercise can be uh, very helpful because, you know, movies, they can be like a kickstarter for vision. They can uh, motivate us. They can um, give us clues to what deeply resonates within us. You know, movies can um, give us an idea. It could be like a science fiction movie or it could be a movie about some very real issues that we face in the world. And you can be just glued to that screen and say, that's so wrong. We've got to find a, a way to solve this. So movies can also just inspire within us the seeds of a vision of a change that we think the world needs or something that doesn't exist, but wouldn't it be wonderful if it was created? So think of movies that can be a bit of a Kickstarter for our uh, vision engine because it transports us to a different world, a world of what could be, uh, a, a world of what needs to be. So I think vi movies can really be a very useful tool to stimulate vision. And going off what you were talking about earlier, right, where you feel sort of stuck in the doom loop, you just described kind of being propelled forward by what you see in a movie. It, 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 can, it can help you, right, to marry the two ideas together. It can help you push through the doom loop um, where you start thinking about something besides what your crucible did to your psyche, your spirit. You can start thinking about things that that are possible, not things that are are past or impossible. And, and that's a that's a very critical um, point in this journey that we're talking about here. In the book, Warwick, you also, in the same chapter, write about Walt Disney, and you've mentioned him many times on the show through the years. Uh, it's also insightful to our visions to identify those we admire for their own visions, right? We can find seeds of our own visions in theirs as well. Maybe not in what they do, but how they go about doing it. How does that work, right? I mean, that is something that you've done in your own life too, I think. Yeah, absolutely, Gary. I mean, looking at people that we admire, the visions, the journey can be so helpful. Uh, I think Walt Disney is an interesting one because it can be both intimidating and inspiring. It can be mm. intimidating because it's like, well, it's Walt Disney. I, I'm never going to be Walt Disney. I mean, come on, you know, game over. Let's give up. You know, maybe hiding under the covers is my happy place. I mean, you know. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> right. maybe it's my miserable place, but it's the only place I know and I'm just, I'm sticking there. So, but here's what's interesting. I think there is hope. Walt Disney was a serial uh, visionary, but he also shows us that vision starts with one small step. We've had a whole series on social media in which we've talked about what's the next right step. A really great series. For Walt Disney in the uh, late 20s, early 30s, his vision was very clear and very specific. It was to produce cartoons that told a better story and were more compelling. You know, cartoons are probably a few minutes long back then. They were shown in the movie theater before the main movie came up. That's kind of where you saw them. And at the time, you know, it was Mickey Mouse. So that was the vision. It was, I just feel like, I just feel like cartoons could tell a better story. So that was his vision, and that vision grew. It grew to become uh, full-length uh, cartoon movies in the late 30s, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, then to live-action movies, uh, eventually Disneyland, and then the concept 
of Disney World in Orlando, Florida before he died. But, you know, you think of him as a serial visionary, which he was, but it all started with that first visionary step. I think cartoons could tell better stories. That didn't feel to me like this world-changing vision, you know, but it was a vision that meant a lot to Walt Disney. So really learn from Walt Disney. Okay, so before we get to the second hack, we're going to take an intermission in this in this episode of Beyond the Crucible, and we're going to go back and we're going to play the next round of our game based on the Crucible Hacks worksheet. If you've been following along and paying attention, um, we every week offer up a code word, a, a word that we ask you to plug into your Crucible Hacks worksheet available at beyondthecrucible.com for free, which when you complete it, and that's going to be in just a few weeks now, when you complete it, we'll give you how you can submit it after you complete it. For the first 25 folks who, who send in their completed worksheets, who, who send them to us, you will win. And I have it here in front of me. You will win this. But it's not even just this. This is Warwick's book, Crucible Leadership. But you're going to win one that actually has his signature inside it. And this one does not. I do have one back over here behind me that has his signature in it, where I put all of my prized possessions. Um, but you will win an autographed copy of his book if you complete the Crucible Hacks worksheet. So here's the word for this week. And, and again, it's not just a secret word this week. It's not just a code word this week. It's a code phrase. And the phrase is this, life you want. So jot that down. Hopefully you've got the worksheet right in front of you. Jot it down in the worksheet. Got a few more to go and you'll see at the end why this is, uh, this is kind of exciting and why we've been taking time in every episode to do it. So intermission is done. We're back now in our seats and now it's craft time, folks. That's the second hack. It's craft time and not craft macaroni and cheese with a K. It's craft time with, we're going to craft, we're going to help you. We're going to show you some, 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 some hacks to crafting a vision for your life. And we're going to go a little more in depth with this hack because your responses to all these questions can be key ingredients in the recipe for a vision of the life you are equipped and called to lead. These questions come from a worksheet that goes along with our e-course, Discover Your Second Act Significance, which is also available. You can go learn more about it at beyondthecrucible.com. So here they are. First, write these questions down in your Crucible Hacks notebook, then spend some time later to fill them all in. I'm not joking here where I, uh, when I say, after I say these questions, after you, you write them down, feel free to hit pause on this episode and start filling them out. Why, you know, start, start answering those questions. You don't have to wait because you could, we'll still be here when you get back, trust me. Um, we're not live, but you can just play the tape back and there you go. So, um, here are the questions that can help you craft a vision. First one, from all that I've learned about myself so far, what is the new vision or seeds of a vision that I have for my life? Remember, often our crucibles can be the birthing point of our vision. Remember that as you answer this question. The second question is, if money and time were no object, what would I do? What would I have? Mm, that's, a, that's a key one. What would I have? 
Who would I be? Those are deep questions, folks. Take the time to answer them. How do I want to better utilize my gifts, talents, and passions to make an impact? That's the third question. And here's the fourth question. What legacy do I want to leave behind that leaves the world around me a better place for my family, for my community, for the world? So we start local, family, we broaden it out to regional, uh, community, and then we go globally to the world. How does this sort of exercise, Warwick, provide insight into the vision that will carry folks to a life of significance that's both joyful and fulfilling? You know, I think for many of us thinking about vision, it can feel scary, intimidating, uh, you know, constraining. We think about, gosh, you know, I have limits in terms of time, money, resources. It's all impossible. But I think when you're, especially in the beginning stages of thinking about a vision, it's really important to allow yourself to dream. Don't worry about the constraints right now. Again, think of Walt Disney. He was a serial visionary, but what he started out with was, you know, originally just him as an animator, you know, and then maybe a few animators. The vision wasn't big. His original vision didn't require, I don't think, an enormous amount of time, money, and resources. You start small. So, uh, but this exercise is designed to help you not so much worried about restraints and constraints and why you can't do it, but just allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to think about who you want to help and the change you want to bring about. I think of that quote by Gandhi that we often talk about, be the change you want to see in the world. That can feel intimidating. Very few of us are people like Gandhi who, you know, help bring uh, India uh, in the, you know, self-rule from uh, Britain in 1948. But uh, yeah, it's, well, I'm not Gandhi, I'm not Disney, but but just think about, you know, what's that change you want to bring about? And I think for a lot of the folks on this podcast, out of their crucible, you might have a vision to help people recover from what you went through. Or maybe you say, you know what, I want to help people avoid the mistakes I made or maybe what was done to me. Um, you know, I want them to avoid what I went through. So another question in there that I love is talking about legacy. You know, think about the legacy that you want to leave behind, friends and family, loved ones. Uh, vision is a key part of that. And, uh, you know, really linking uh, to your passions and what you feel the world needs. I'd be hard-pressed to think of a legacy that doesn't involve a life of significance. How many, mm. you know, funerals have you been to when somebody says, Fred or Mary, yeah, they were a successful business person or you know, talk about their bank account or, you know, whatever it is they did. Never. It's about their character and who they were as a human being, um, you know, why you admire them as a person. So that's, to me, another way of talking about a life of significance, which we define as a life on purpose dedicated to serving others. So vision, legacy, life of significance, those things are all, all linked. So allow yourself to dream you know, stop, uh, you know, the naysayers in your head, sweep them aside saying, okay, I'm not going to worry about constraints. I'm not going to think about what I can't do. Let me think about what the world needs and what I must do and allow that the seeds of a vision to ruminate and grow. Give yourself the freedom to dream and to vision. 
Yeah, I love that you said give yourself the freedom about six or seven times in there because as you go through the questions that we laid out, listener, give yourself permission to think big. There are no guardrails on that. Don't approach those questions with this idea that you can't do this, or you can't say that, or that's not going to... Everything can be on the table for you here. That right? That's one of the things about vision that when you're st starting to craft it, don't put guardrails around it. Think big, right? Allow yourself to dream. And what we're encouraging you here through this process, what this these hacks in particular are encouraging you to do, is uh, is to dream big and and take the permission being offered through these exercises, through these hacks. To, to do that, to dream big, aim high, um, don't be intimidated, lay it all out there so, um, so that your heart and your spirit and your soul are being, are being fed and filled as you pursue these things. Because if this all turns out the way that it can turn out, the way that we hope it turns out for you, this is what you're going to be occupying your life with for the rest of your life, that life of significance. So don't think small. Before I go to you, Warwick, for any final thoughts uh, to everybody. Uh, I just want to emphasize again, listener, that we're more than halfway through our Crucible Hacks series with this episode. And you might be asking yourself, some of the exercises like these, some of these hacks that we've talked about today, you've gotten a lot of information about yourself, hopefully in your Crucible Hacks notebook. Um, and you may wonder, what do I do with all this? Don't worry, we're not going to leave it just there for you to kind of pick through or stick back here like I have here. We're not going to leave you to stick it in the file. We're going to talk to you in the 10th episode. Um, we're going to uh, find ways to help you. We'll talk about ways to help you take what you've learned about yourself and apply it toward the life of significance you want to launch. Um, so we're not going to leave you with all of that to ponder. We're going to give you some some extra hacks at the end, some extra ideas at the end of how you might apply this in your own life. So stay tuned for that. So Warwick, we've wrapped up issue, uh, issue seven. I'm like, a, I'm, I'm a comic book writer now. No, we've wrapped up episode seven of our series. Any final thoughts uh, for the folks who spent the time with us today? You know, Gary, uh, vision can feel very scary or intimidating. We might feel like we are so not a visionary and we're certainly not like Walt Disney, and I get it. I mean, honestly, I may think of myself as a reflective advisor. I don't think of myself as a visionary. I've known visionaries, but I really don't see myself that way. So all I have to say is it can be scary, but think of what's the next right step. You know, look at your gifts, talents, and passions. Look at what you've learned from your crucible, and the seeds of your vision will often emerge. Again, as we've kept saying, the key point here is that vision is a journey. You don't have to have it all figured out. The key point, the key question is, what is the next right step for you that's going to help to bring to light the first step in your vision? Try it and trust yourself that that vision will emerge and grow. And you might think, oh, that's just such a small step. It doesn't even qualify as a vision. Don't worry about that. Trust yourself. Trust your heart. Trust your passions trust your calling, that somehow that there's a, a plan maybe you don't really fully understand, but trust yourself, trust maybe the world, the creator, have you see life. Just take that first step on the journey to uh, creating a vision 
and it will evolve. It will create itself to a degree. So just trust yourself, make that first right step. That is a great place to end this seventh episode of our summer series, Crucible Hacks. Folks, we uh, hope you will come back and join us next week when we offer up more Crucible Hacks that will help you live a life of significance. If you enjoyed this episode, learned something from it, we invite you to engage more deeply with those of us at Beyond the Crucible. Visit our website, beyondthecrucible.com, to explore a plethora of offerings to help you transform what's been broken into breakthrough. A great place to start? Our free online assessment, which will help you pinpoint where you are on your journey beyond your crucible and to chart a course forward. See you next week.